Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are we on? No, we're on. Fantastic. Just sitting here with a massive smile on my face. Don't know what's going on. Cannot believe it. Manchester United nil. Aston Villa won. This is the purity post-match point on the Villa view. I'm joined by Neil to chat through a fantastic performance by Aston Villa Football Club. Fully, fully deserved the three points outplaying Manchester United on their own patch, Neil. Nearly chucked it away at the end. Of course, Manchester United got their inevitable penalty. But then Ronaldo decided to be a good teammate for the first time in his life and let Fernandes take it. And it's safe to say he will never, ever do that again. But forget Manchester United, forget Ronaldo, forget Fernandes. Unbelievable performance from the Villa boys. Should have scored before we did. Created a host of chances again at a big, big, big team. Neil, giddy. I am giddy. Oh, you're seven Aston Villa Football Club after ending a 12-year hoodoo, whatever black magic they've had over us over the last couple of couple of decades. Courtney House has gone out and he's uh he's broken the spell. He's broken the spell with a beauty of a header late on. And, and to be honest with you, Dan, I'm really giddy. I'm probably incoherent with joy. I mean, maybe I'm more coherent. I don't know what it is, but to score in the night in the eight, 80 what, 88, 87th, 88 minutes. It just makes it sweeter because the amount of times they've done that to us later on just caught us. Oh, I'm absolutely chuffed. I'm absolutely chuffed. It's, it's one of those wins. It's one of those wins you don't expect, but it's the one that you put a little X beside in your calendar and that X can mean one of two things. It's, I really want us to beat you. That's maybe one that we're not going to get any points for. And, bo- and, and, and the beating United pack came true today and my god am i so delighted yeah danny murphy in the mud as well questioning the set piece coach appointment but austin mcphee comes up trumps again we look dangerous from 
every single set piece. And there was a bit of a, a to-do with Hawes and Cavani before the corner came in. They, they got a little bit of a lecture from Mike Dean, who had his eyes open for one of the first times in the game. The corner comes in, Hawes loses his man at the near post. You, you said it was a replica of the Mings header last week against Everton, the same kind of routine. But this week it was Hawes on the end of it. And this week it's worked and he's got us three points. Absolutely. it's. I, I, I said before the game that... I wanted us to bombard them from set pieces. I want us to become a team. I think I said it in the last post-match point as well with you guys that I want us to become a team. And I don't care whether we are or whether we aren't really good at set pieces, but I want us to be a team that has the name for being good at set pieces because it just, it follows you around the place and other t- we've, t- we've to get, get our, our act in order here for, for set pieces and so on. I think that Harry Maguire not being there really helped us. Yeah, probably um, that's because, a good point. Yeah, but but look, you know, how many times we, we've had to make four substitutions with limited our tactic, our ability to change our tactics. We thankfully didn't get any injury. We had a small one to Jacob Ramsey, but for for the goal there, you know, um, Harry Maguire wasn't there, um, and as you said, it was Cavani and House that were were uh, tussling beforehand. And I know it was a good match, height for height, but. You just don't get any house in the air. That's his thing. He's a wrecking ball in the sky. And uh, oh my God, for a guy that, you know, he must be on, he must be on the top of the top of the world after his brilliant performance against Chelsea during the week, you know, muscling Lukaku out of it, now scoring it all. Tra- oh dear, we've lost now, which leaves me in a little yeah. bit of trouble. Oh, is he back? Or is he a Premier League player? You know, is he a backup player? He's a blue. A good backup player, and he's shown it again today. A few internet issues there now, so I'm not sure we caught exactly what you were saying. Producer Adam Bates, if we could just have them stats back up so Neil and myself can have a look at them because they were they made pleasant reading. I mean, even the the second stat down there, shots blocked. There was a point in the first half where the back line was just heroic, throwing themselves at, at everything, and it was just all round Neil such a good display. And as I said at the, at the top end of the show. The goal could have come and perhaps should have come earlier for us because we've gone there and completely outplayed them, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. You know, we had Matt Target at the back post. We had Ezri Kanza. It was a really difficult header over the top of of Fred. We had... Um, Watkins had a couple of chances. A couple of sides from Dahaya. With the goalkeeper, yeah. You know, we had better chances. We really did. Ramsey, one, Ramsey one, one, snipered Ramsey. as well. Ramsey got snipered yeah, at the end. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caught by caught by someone from the top of the stands, but um, this this formation works, Dan. This formation is working for what we have and for the players we have. And you know what? It's a brave thing for Dean Smith to do. And I, and I know likes of Leon Bailey is injured, and and, and Traore is only working his way back from injury. But this formation doesn't get the best out of them. And what Dean Smith has done is he's gone. We either want to win or we want to fit players into the team. And that's a real mature decision from Dean Smith. You know, it's a real, it's it's a real leadership decision from him. And and I know we will probably work them into this into this formation as, as the year goes on. But at the moment, we're playing a formation that suits exactly what we want to do. Our midfield three are much, much, much more. Um, they're they're much more comfortable in what they can do in each one of their own. They, they all feel a little bit more proactive than they would exactly. have done last season when they played. Yeah. I would say. It looks like that they are they're more comfortable because they're more comfortable in the roles that they're in. So one of them isn't being forced to play in a rigid six when they don't have to. 
you know, last year we might have played two sixes or two eights um, at any given time. And, you know, you put, Ming, you put McGinn back into the sixth position and maybe he isn't as comfortable there because he likes to drive on with the ball. But this year, like specifically since the Chelsea game, since after the international break, it's just worked wonders. And I must say, Douglas Louise and John McGinn are really, really good. They're really good. And I thought that they were fantastic again today. And it was just yeah. a joy to watch McGinn. McGinn, I thought, was the best player in the field. I thought he was McGinn the was best incredible. Player. Incredible. He played well at Chelsea, didn't he? And obviously a similar game away at a top club today. He absolutely ran that midfield. I mean, I still think McTominay and Fred for a team that's gunning for the title. Absolutely no chance you're going to win the league with those two in central midfield because our central midfielders just look to step above them, if I'm being perfectly honest. They're the most incoherent. Um, the whole team in itself is the most, incoher- most expensive, incoherent team I think I've ever seen because they have such fantastic, they have such great players and fantastic players. It just, you see, as you say, it, it's, it, it breaks down in the middle of midfield. The, but I'm not going to talk more about them, as I say, because we did our job inside there. We, we corralled Bruno, Bruno Fernandes. Um, Mason Greenwood was, was dangerous at times, cutting in off the wing. I think that was more down to, down to Matty Target, maybe, maybe running out of a bit of steam. I thought he played okay. I thought he played well in this game. But the one big player today that was pretty anonymous so save for a couple of shots and one time he pulled off to the back post but didn't get it didn't get his head to the ball was mr mr goals and cristiano ronaldo you know we all worried about him and and he scored in all these games that he's played so far for united and comes up against big courtney house and uh you know he's gone home now i, I, I presume he's gone home with a couple of bruises on him because i don't think house would have uh would have led him away without one or two robust little tackles or, or little bumps but he was pretty anonymous. Yeah, Villa the first team to shackle Ronaldo since he's come back to Manchester United, which in itself is a really, really since big left achievement. Man United, I'd say. We're the first, we're the first team to yeah. shackle him since he left United the first time. He's, all, he, he's all, all about the goals. I still cannot believe he didn't take that penalty. I've just written in, the, written in the script for him to, to take that penalty. I cannot, and I can't believe Bruno Fernandes blazed it over the bar because, again, these kind of things just don't happen. They especially don't happen with Aston Villa against Manchester United with the hex that they've had over us for so many years. So my, my entire life, really, other than the Coca-Cola Cup final in 94, the win in 96, sorry, 95 at Villa Park in one of my first seasons going down and then the anomaly, Gabby Abon Lahore winning. You know, these, these things do not happen. They happen the other way around and... It just shows again. You're talking about Manchester United having all these individual players and been a, a mix, like a, mi- a mix of, of a team, but really not. It's not all gelled together yet for them. It probably will, but it hasn't done yet at this point. Dean Smith's left, you know, a 35 million pound player on the bench in Buendia, and he's picked that team. But we look a team this season. Last season it was too reliant on Jack, and you can see that now. We we are more of a team. When Jack wasn't playing last season, we did not know what to do. Now he's not there. We feel a bit more like a cohesive unit. Now, I'm not for one minute saying that losing Jack Grealish is a good thing for Aston Villa because he's a sensational footballer, a world-class footballer, and they don't grow on trees, especially those that come through the academy. But in that wing-back formation, three at the back, three in midfield, and the two strikers now, we just look more of a team than I think we've looked for a long, long, long time. That's it. It's a team. It's a co- like What's happened with Aston Villa this year has been... Yeah, we've brought in, we've lost Jack Grealish, we've brought in Leon Bailey, we've brought in Buendia. But the biggest thing that's happened to Aston Villa, this team, is we now have stability of coaching. 
We have stability of ideas. And I know we've changed, changed tactics, and that's not what I'm talking about. We have a stability of ideas. We have a stability of message. And, uh, and that's, that's worth its weight in gold to, to a team, specifically a team that's come up from the championship and looking to, to, to steady itself in, in, in the league. Like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, there was those crazy rumours that Dean Smith was going to be replaced. And they, they surface every single year because you're, you're going to have those. And, and, and they're, yeah, they're absolutely bin-worthy stuff. Dean Smith's here for the long haul. He's here for the long haul. And I think, but provide, obviously, you know, provided we don't fall off the face of the earth, obviously, but you can see what he's done. He's got it. He's, he's coaching, his strategy and, and, and his, his vision is, is, is now being implemented. And the big thing about it here is we mentioned our staff, some of our star players or our presumed star players are on the bench and they're coming on as change of pace players. And that's something Aston Villa haven't had. I would go so far as to say they've never had it in my lifetime of supporting them. Because yeah. we've never had a squad as rounded out as this. But the big thing is you can have as many players, and United showed it today, the bench they had was absolutely phenomenal. But you can have as many players as you want. But if the cohesive structure, if your idea, if your vision for the initial way that your team wants to play isn't there and you don't have that stability on the field, you know, you can have whatever players you want. You're, you're only going to be, it's only going to be luck if you win, uh, if you're, if you're, 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 tactic your coaching your coaching style and your pattern isn't rock solid on the field and, and that's what dean smith has brought this year and you can see it the commentators even mentioned it in the stream that, we were, that, that i was watching that villa are now pressing not just five ten yards further up the field we're pressing 20 yards further up the field because it's in, num- in numbers as well system yeah it's a confidence with this new system and that's what dean smith wants so the the evolution of when we first came into the Premier League, it was everybody defend on the edge of the penalty area and let them have shots and pass through our midfield. Now we're pressing them in their own half, which we didn't even do last season. So it's so it's such a joy to watch. And even against Watford, when we were getting mullered in the first half, we were still trying to do that, but you could see it was incoherent. Second half, it got better. And realistically, since the second half on Watford, we've been pretty much there or thereabouts in every game, even the ones that we've lost and the ones that we've drawn. So... You know, we've got our three points back that we lost against Watford and day one, and it's onwards from here. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's essentially, it's a wash now as far as uh, that loss against Watford and the negativity that, that brought. The positivity from this is exactly where we want it and when we want it, going on to some more big games before we go into an international break. And I hope we go and we do Spurs as well and we do Wolves before the, before the international break too. I said after the Chelsea game that I don't always do that when I'm talking about something in the past. I point behind me like it, like it's there, <laughs> lurching over me. But I said after the after the Chelsea game that you know the game plan from Smith worked. Although we lost three nil, I would say the game plan was a good plan and it worked. And it was that same plan today, and it and it worked again. Again, even if we hadn't scored that late goal and we drew nil nil, you know, I would still say. We've not taken our chances, but the plan was good. The tactics have worked. The, the plan was a strong one from Dean Smith. He just hasn't been executed. We haven't t- took our chances again. Now, it's taken a set piece, yes, but you, you're talking about the high press, and you're right. We are 15, 20 yards higher up the pitch when we press. But then if that press gets beaten, we got caught out once against Chelsea. What I still like is, is that we still have that that na- way of defending narrow. With the, now with three centre-backs, which enables us to do that even more, where if a cross comes in, there's enough players in the box. If the wing-back gets pulled out, the concert comes across, Mings comes across, and they, they act as a full-back in a defensive situation. You've still got those two players behind them. So we've kind of got the best of both now. 
which I didn't, didn't think we, re- we really had last season. We were always solid, but you never felt like our, our pressing game, yeah, Watkins worked hard, but you never felt like the pressing game was there. But this is working against the best teams, or it's, it's looking yeah. good against the best teams. Now, I'm not stupid enough to think that it's going to work every week, and at some point we'll get caught out. But we just look a bit more tactically switched on this year. And, and, and I wonder whether the changes in the backroom staff have actually re- really, really helped us. You know, John Terry departing, Richard O'Kelly has gone as well. But, you know, the set-piece coach seems like he's he's already paying his own wage, to be honest, because we're picking up points for, from his, his routines, his moves that would have been worked on in the week. Aaron Danks has come in. We look very, I'm not saying it's all down to him, but, you know, we, we look really good going forward. And Craig Shakespeare definitely over the last 12 to 15 months has instilled something different at Aston Villa Football Club. Dean Smith is, is Dean Smith. If you watch his press conference yesterday or listen to his press conference yesterday, everything he says is measured, it's sensible, mm. it makes you proud that he's the manager of our football club. You think, what, what a man manager, what must the players think, the way he speaks about them and I imagine the way he talks to them. And when you've got all that and you're backing it up with what we saw today on the pitch, Aston Villa are in such a good place now. It's night and day from five years ago. We've said this a couple of times on, on the podcast. You see the, the perils that Derby County are in. You see the perils Reading are in. They all made their push from, to get up from the championship, spending lots of money. And Aston Villa could very well have been there been there too. It's like, like um, it's almost, you, you know, that Dean Smith coming in at the time he did is as much of a catalyst as as uh, as uh, Edens and Suarez taking over the, the the running of the club. Both of them work hand in glove, but a lot of people will, will talk about the owners and the money that's been pumped in. But there's a lot to be said for a cool head um, to come in and to oversee it all as well. As you said, he's very measured. He knows what he wants. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't. And, and he doesn't make it about himself either, if that may, because he's, he's never that that's where he's, that's where the coolness comes from. Like he'll never sit up there and go, yeah, actually. Yeah. You know, I've been talking about the need for set pieces and stuff like that. It's, it's always, you know, Courtney's done a great job there. And, you know, obviously we've been working on set pieces or a new set piece coach. I'd imagine that's what he's going to say afterwards, but he's just the guy that's making sure the trains arrive on time. That's all he's doing. And um, he's making sure everything is, is there and, and he's bloody good at it. And, you know the the culture that is that is is coming from him, and he's basically friendly nature as well. You know, is uh, is is really good to see, and you can see that maybe there's a small bit more relatability from the younger players and from the you know the players that are maybe in their mid twenties as well to him. Maybe he's he's able to relate maybe a small bit better to them than maybe bringing in a Rafa Benitez or someone like that into the club. So there's a lot to be said for the dichotomy and the dynamic of of just basically personal relationships with players as well as tactics. But as you say, the the demeanor of a team can often uh, stem from the demeanor of the manager and the sideline. And you know it's 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 fantastic to see how in his stride he's taken it because since he's taken over Villa, you know it hasn't been an easy run for him in his own family life with his with his dad, you know, and stuff like hmm. that. And obviously his dad passed away during COVID, and you know I'm sure every night he goes to bed and he will tonight he would go to bed and say, you know what, Dad, I'm after making you proud. I'm after beating Man United one 0 in their patch for the first time in twelve years, and that must make him feel like he's on the top of the world. He never plays too much on being a Villa fan as well. You know, if things were going badly, I think he could always play on that 
a little bit more, but he, he, he never does that. It's almost like it, it, it's irrelevant. You know, he, he didn't get the job because he's a Villa fan. He got, he got the job because he'd done a stupendous job yeah. at Warsaw and he did a really good job at Brentford as well. You know, but he doesn't even play on that, which which he could do a lot, lot more as, as a Villa man. And, you know, a lot of fans would take to that, but he doesn't do that. He's there on his own merits and he's doing an unbelievable job and I, I couldn't be happier for him and I couldn't be happier having him in charge. We spoke about the midfield. We spoke about the defence a little bit as well. Not too much for Emi Martinez to do today. So not much to sign him either. The person I wanted to talk about is Ollie Watkins because he's everything but the goal pretty much at, at the moment. He worked a lovely angle for a shot in the second half after great work from I think it was Louise and, and Danny Ings. Dan, Danny Ings is link up play, you know, when, when them two get forward and they get used to playing to, next to each other and with each other, they're going to do some damage and they're going to score some goals. You know, that's the second game running or third game running potentially where neither of them's on the on the score sheet. But they're ruffling defences up, they're working defences hard and once Watkins gets that goal I think he'll, he'll go on and get a few more, won't he? Because he, he's unlu- unlucky today. He worked incredibly hard. His touch wasn't quite there at times. I mean, I've got to say, at times, Villa's passing in general was a little bit sloppy and a little bit wasteful as, as well as we play. But once we get all that, we're going to be a hell of, hell of a side and, and Watkins is going to score goals. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt really sorry for him because in the second half, yeah, it was in the second half, Douglas Louise plays an absolute beauty of a ball right in around the fullback. Watkins gets onto it, cuts in, and does brilliantly to dance across the box and takes a shot. But he had to do so much work to take the ball in around the back in around the defender again because of the angle he received it. The ball was super from Douglas Louise. It was just he couldn't take it in. He tried to get in front of the defender, but he still came across and forced a brilliant save from De Gea, uh, forced a save from him in the first half. His work rate is relentless. In the first half, he came back right into the pen, into the center circle, picked up a ball and showed dancing feet to get around two or three players and lay it out to, to Matty Target on the left-hand side. Actually, I think it might have been Ramsey on the left-hand side. And then he went again to take ball. But as you say, it's everything but the goal for him at the moment. And and you can see that link-up play that the, both himself and Ings are bringing into, bringing into this team. Like Ings, uh, Paddy uh, on our podcast, he... He made he made a great point. The Ings is almost playing like Robbie Keane used to play for for the Republic of Ireland. If things weren't going Robbie Keane's way, he'd drop back far enough into mid, into midfield, just enough to try and link the play up. And he'd never do something outrageously good, but he'd just keep everything ticking along in there and still be be up at the top to try and get in the end of it as well. So, I, I think the two of them are absolutely playing out of their skin at the moment. They're just not scoring goals. And it, it's a valid thing for people to say, when are the goals going to come for them? I suppose, are we in the situation where we're looking for wins more than goals at the moment? And and uh, are they going to be a sum of some of the parts of this team? Um, I think at the start of the season, we would have said that both of them might have got into into the high uh, high teens for goals, and they may still do that. But for the moment, they're getting used to playing in this in the system, and they're playing really well, provided they aren't hitting the back of the net, you know. Yeah, a couple of things popped up at the bottom from people watching the show. Thank you as ever for tuning in, especially to, to us rambling a little bit. It's hard to come and do a show straight after that. So we're doing our best. No notes in front of us, just talking about what we remember from the game. But thank you ever so much for tuning in because we really, really appreciate it. First one was the fans. Unbelievable. You, all you could hear was the Villa fans 
Manchester United fans may as well not not have been there so so flat but the Villa fans who've got up at silly o'clock this morning to get to Old Trafford and had to cope with the disruption of the of the kickoff time changing deserve a huge amount of credit because when you know they're dragging the, not dragging the team the team's playing really well you know but they're backing the team to the hill backing the team up and I know it will mean an awful lot to the players and the atmosphere at the end and the atmosphere when the goal went in in the away end must have been incredible the second thing that popped up, and I've completely forgotten what it was now, so hopefully Adam can flash it up again, because I really, I really liked that second thing that came up, but now I've gone off on a tangent and completely forgot what it was that, that, that came up. Oh, you got his whole shot, that's it. Solskjaer claiming the goal was offside. Now, I've, not, I've only seen it back on the feed that I was watching. They were talking about it being offside a little bit. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can complain about decisions all he likes, but when you're on the right end of the decisions nine at times out of ten like Manchester United are, and you've watched your player stamp on a Villa defender's feet a few years ago and get a penalty, I think you should go back in your box, really. Yeah. I, I, that's the, I, I think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has kind of, even though they've had a good start to the season, I think he's kind of come out this season in the last week, I suppose, realistically, and he's shown he's a bit under pressure. Shown they've lost three games recently, haven't they? Yeah, now. yeah, he came out and he just had a shot, a shot across Klopp's bow for no reason. Didn't even mention his name. He started to complain after games, really giving out about refs and penalties at the moment. Got a penalty today, first one of the season, and it's still travelling. You know, I'm sure it's going to be spotted by the Hubble telescope at some stage. He didn't not only miss the goals, I think he missed the bloody stand behind as well, which is unbelievably unlike him. But yeah, I am going to stick the boot in because it is Bruno Fernandes and everybody talks about him being the world's best penalty taker. So I will say he had a good game though. Some of his distribution was incredible. Yeah, it didn't do it when it mattered. Didn't no, do it he put some he put some decent balls into the box that players didn't get the end of, and he, some of his range of passing was incredible. But yeah, I'm pleased he obviously put the penalty in the stand. Matt Lynch resting sure. it. Matt Lynch resting easy now, knowing that he's not taken the worst penalty that involves Aston Villa in the history of penalties now. But yeah, he had. I will say, he was definitely their most dangerous player and he was the one that, if anything, was going to make stuff happen. Matty Cash, the shirt behind me, I actually, can actually point yeah. behind me on this occasion and it'd it be correct. He's in sensational form as well, created that chance for target at the, the start of the game. And his form the last two or three games has been absolutely brilliant from right wing back. Actually, the change of system, I wasn't sure it would it would suit him. I, there was a few people who said target and cash aren't wing backs, they're, they're more full backs. I'm not sure this is going to work for them, but cash has been brilliant. Mm. Mateus Schlotty, I think is what he's yeah. going to be called if that, if that passport comes through. He gave myself um, a Poland shirt to hang on the wall, that's for sure. <laughs> He he was fantastic again today, and, and and actually one of my mates, he's a Liverpool fan. He he messaged me and he said, "My God, uh, Matty Cash is like," and, and I know I know he's a Liverpool fan, but he said Matty Cash is like a right-footed Andy Robertson, and um, the way he just that's gets a fair, that yeah, that's a fair comparison. It is, yeah, he's a great crosser of the ball, gets up and down the field. Is is like he's. He's an eight out of ten at everything, or a seven out of ten at, at, at everything he does, and he's the effort isn't is is faultless with him, but um, he's he's a vital part of the cog, and I think McGinn trusts him so much in that right hand side when the two of them are playing there together. You see the amount of link up play they had today. McGinn would hold the ball up and wait for the overlap, and he's just such a willing, um, a willing support player in attack as well for Aston Villa. And we just like you just have to see during the week he's crossed for for Cameron Archer against Chelsea it was an absolute rainbow from the sideline like it was a brilliant brilliant cross and today he fizzed a couple into the box and he was back there to do his duties against uh, against Pogba as well which isn't an easy feat either so absolutely hats off to Matty Cash he's amazing he's been amazing since since after the Watford game and and I think a lot of people have been very good since after the Watford game but Matty Cash mm. definitely take a bow after today 
let's finish by talking about Courtney Hawes then, because he deserves a huge amount of credit. He had a great game against Chelsea in, in the week. An amazing tackle on Romelu Lukaku, who was in full flight, having come in on, come on, sorry, fresh at that moment. Brilliant game from him. Three million pounds. That guy has never, ever let us down. He seems happy that, you know, that he's part of the squad. He's not going to come out of the team and be one of those players that, that complains. But, you know, he's given Dean Smith something to think about now. It's not a given that Axel will return straight into that team, the way he played today and the impact he had on the game. A little bit lucky, obviously, that Fernandez has put the penalty over, over the bar. You know, the, it was handball. I've got to say, for all yeah. the laughing and joking about Manchester United getting a penalty, it was a penalty. But I'm so, so pleased for him that Fernandez didn't score because now he's the hero. When you've got a member of the squad who I imagine is very, very popular, doesn't play every week, but gets to be the hero and have a moment like that, that's great for the dressing room as well. Mm, absolutely. Uh, just a reminder that uh, anybody who is looking looking for membership to the Courtney House fan club and, and to the bandwagon applications closed on the 31st of September. Apologies. Oh, sorry, they closed the 31st. The 30th August, still so open apologies. then now. Still open. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll extend it to the 31st of September in, in his yeah. name. If more than merrier, should I say? The more than merrier. But yeah, he's absolutely excellent. Um, you know, and look, he, when we say he's excellent, obviously he's he's flaws. He's not going to be Virgil Van Dyke. He's not going to carry a ball out out of defence. Although he did try and do a Chris Samba impression when he stayed up top after a, yeah, he did a, after a corner after a free kick, and he got the ball and he played it around the box. It was. Uh, He's look. He he's had a fantastic week, an absolutely fantastic week, and and he can hold his head up high, and and he's a vital part of this squad. You need to have good centre halves to come in and to and to be able to take the pressure off the team. And um, he was given the role of playing in the centre of that back three as well, and that meant that he was going to be the one that was going to have to try and marshal um, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, for most. I mean, of the you games. wouldn't have known Ronaldo was playing. In fairness, no, really, in the, in the main. Absolutely not. And, I, and one thing I, I've been really, and it's not just because of that, because of he's covering back to get Lukaku the last day, but even in this game today, he seems to have a turn of pace. And I wonder, has he been, you know, obviously he's been injured quite a lot in the in last year specifically, but maybe this, we're seeing an injury free Courtney House as well. And he's able to stretch his legs a bit more. And, you know, he made a great run back to get, to get at, um, I think it was Greenwood and uh, he didn't get to him. He kind of came behind him and gave him a little tap on the side as he was going past, but he was matching him stride for stride there as he was running in on goal. And, uh, you know, he, he seems to be rounding himself off a nice little bit. And he's not just the, the heading machine that he had been previously. Maybe the loosening up of the injuries is beginning to help him a small bit. But fantastic yeah, player. Yeah, because when we signed him, well, nowhere near the, the finished article, essentially we signed him to be a championship player for us, Courtney Hawes. I don't think we signed him with the Premier League in mind at all, but obviously not a player who who comes in and plays every week, but a player who who is developing, who obviously they are working with in training. Because on the ball, I think he's got a lot, a lot better as well. I think I'm right in saying that when we had that spell playing three at the back in the first season in the Premier League, Mings was in the middle and Hawes was on the outside, wasn't he? Yeah. When, when we went to three at the back. Now, the obviously, team. that's changed now. Yeah, and Hawes came into the team as uh, at left-back. Originally, didn't he? Yeah, the first few games were at left back. At left back, and then they kind of moved him in there to the left of, of a back three. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's developing all, all the time. Still got room to grow as well. You know, he played for the England under-21s, you know, he's England under-21 footballer. He's not just someone who's been knocking around in the AFL that we've plucked, that we've that we've plucked. You know, he, he got good pedigree, just lost his way a little bit at Wolves, but a vital member of the squad now. And if you can have a player like that, they're worth the weight in gold, a player that isn't going to complain, that can come in and do a job when necessary. And like I say, he's probably given Dean Smith something to think about now, and you would expect... 
he's probably going to keep his place for, for, for the next game. And someone again, someone like Axel, he can't complain. through no fault of his own. He hasn't played today. Obviously, he can't play as part of the loan arrangement. But if someone comes in and does well, does the job, you have to just sit back and say, okay, it's my turn now to bide, bide my time. Courtney Hawes is a, he's a good teammate, someone who's really important to this squad. He deserves his chance. And as I say, the players and the coaching staff, everyone, all the fans as well, everyone would be really, really pleased for him because he deserves it. A really low-maintenance player and someone for three million who's turned out to be an absolute snip. I think that just about does us. Everyone can go and enjoy their day now. In future, oh, I'm just about to say something. Produced it in my ear, telling me what I was already going to say, and I've lost my lost my way because of it. So yeah, Purity, our sponsors, we thank them as ever for being part of the show, and we thank them as well for providing us with a 10% discount code. If you go onto their website, you'll get 10% off by using the code hashtag #VillaView at checkout. I believe the Villa Mini Kegs. Are back in stock. Mm. I think they're they're back now. I saw in midweek. So if you want to treat yourself and celebrate Villa winning at Old Trafford, go and get yourself some Villa beers for the next time Villa are playing, and you can celebrate with them. But go and celebrate now anyway, because we're all absolutely delighted. What a day! Manchester United nil, Aston Villa one. Courtney Hawes eighty eight. Bruno Fernandez missing a penalty in stoppage time. I doubt it gets much better than that. So enjoy the rest of your weekends, and let's have a big up the Villa. Uh. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.